0: Very good morning. Very good morning. Oh, the youth are leaving. Thank you for that sign and that prompt. If you are in school years seven to nine, this is your moment of glory in the crypts there with Hannah and the team. Please do go down. If you're a visitor, Hannah's leading our youth team today. Head on down. A very warm welcome. If we've not met before, my name's Emily Lazell. And um, today, this morning, we're going to look at a passage in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 15 verses 8 to 10. So if you've got your Bibles or if you want to get your phone out, get that out. I'm going to read it in the message translation, um, so do follow along or please do follow it up on the screen. Luke 15, 8 to 10. Or imagine a woman who has 10 coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and scour the house, looking in every nook and cranny until she finds it? And when she finds it you can be sure she'll call her friends and neighbors celebrate me with me i found my lost coin count on it that's the kind of party god's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to god this is a story about a woman who loses uh, who has 10 coins but loses one one saturday afternoon We lost a coin. But it wasn't so much the drama around losing the coin in particular that was an issue, but where it was lost. Martin and I have got four sons, and one of them walked into the kitchen and said, Mum, I've swallowed a coin. Now... Our four sons at this time were aged between 8 and 15, because you might be imagining maybe a child, a toddler, wandering around the house, but no, between age 8 and 15. So I said, looking at my non-toddler son, which coin? And he went, 50p. And I, I was like... How have you managed to swallow the second largest UK coin in circulation? How have you actually managed to do that? Anyway, I said to two of the other boys, um, you know, one of them I said, right, you start doing the Heimlich maneuver on him. Start trying to get this coin up as it was stuck in his throat. The other one, Martin was playing football up on Wandsworth Common. It was a Saturday morning. He said, quick, go and get Dad. We need Dad now. At this point... The unnamed son was basically changing color. He was going funny in the face. He was struggling to breathe, so we begins to panic. Martin then comes running through the door. At that moment, he says, I think I've swallowed it. And so we're like, okay, well, at least for the moment, momentarily, his color starts to come back again, and he's regained his ability to be able to breathe. However, not a good idea to have swallowed a 50p piece. So we then take him to A&E, and um, Martin took him along. And actually, it's amazing how many people swallow weird things in A&E. The woman at the time said, oh, actually, we've, someone's come in here having swallowed a dart. I mean, who's, I mean, are you thinking, what kind of parents are you, that your non-toddler son has swallowed 50p? But, I mean, who seriously swallows a dart? Anyway, um, so we, we just said, look, he's swallowed 50p, and she said, okay, we're going to have to x-ray, x-ray him. So they x-rayed him, and they couldn't see it anywhere. And then they just said, well, I think really you will just have to wait. And in time, he will probably pass it. So please do keep an eye out for it. So... He kept an eye out for it, and about a week passed, and there was no sign of the 50p piece. So a friend of ours who was a nurse, now she said it's actually quite dangerous, because if you leave it in the body, it, it's likely that it could cause an infection. So you do really need to find, has he passed this coin or not? You actually need to know whether he's got it in him or not. So we decided the best thing to do was to borrow a metal detector, which we did. So. We borrowed this metal detector, and we laid our son out on the floor, and then we scanned him like this over him, and sure enough, there was... we were like, it's in him still. Seriously, it's still in him. And then we realized there was a piece of metal underneath the carpet. So we moved him, we moved him again to a different part of the room, another bit of the carpet, and we moved it over him, back and forth, and nothing, no bleep, no nothing. And with this coin, well, it was well and truly lost. We never found it. We still haven't found it. We don't know where it is. So this is a mystery. That's one of those things. When I get to heaven, I'll say, Lord, what happened to that 50 piece?" But the thing was, we weren't worried about the coin. We weren't worried about the money itself. It wasn't the coin that was an issue. We were worried about our son. We were worried about our child. That was the thing that we were were of greatest concern about. And Jesus' story is not about losing money. It's not about lost cash or coins. It's about people. It's about people who are lost. It's about people like you and people like me. And Jesus was telling this story to the religious leaders at the time, like the church pastors, and they were having a go at him, they were criticizing him for the people that he was hanging out with, and uh, judging him for who he was hanging out with. So then Jesus embarks on a bit of a sort of three-part Netflix series at this moment. And he starts, part one is the story of the lost sheep, which you can read beforehand, the logline of which is about going out to the lost that have wandered off and bringing them back home. The third part is the lost son or the lost sons, where you've got one that's gone and wandered off, and you've got the other one that's still at home, but that's still living as a lost son because he's living as a slave rather than a son. And then the middle story, that's what we're looking at. The lost coin is the middle story in the series. Part two, the lost coin, it's making the point that you can be lost inside the house. You can be in the house of God, and you can still feel lost. He's talking to the religious leaders, the pastors, the churchgoers, who don't think they're lost. Perhaps that feeling of being a bit lost resonates with somebody here today. Maybe you think, yeah, I'm here, but deep down inside, I'm feeling a bit lost. Or maybe you don't feel lost at all. When I was, um, I didn't grow up going to church, and I didn't feel lost uh, not going to church. I just didn't feel absolutely fine. There was sort of nothing majorly wrong in life, but everything was sort of going along swimmingly, really. But when I was 15, I heard somebody talk about Jesus, and it intrigued me. It interested me. There was something about what he said, the way he said it. There was something about him that I just thought, there's something about you and what you're saying about Jesus that seems to resonate as truth. And I prayed and I said, God, if this is real, if you're real and this is true, then show me, show me that you know me, show me that you care, that you love me. And uh, shortly after I prayed that prayer, I had this encounter with God, I had this encounter through his Holy Spirit that filled, I was filled with this, it's almost like an indescribable joy, this indescribable sense of love and being known that it's hard, it's hard to, to convey to you now. But at that time, I wasn't feeling lost. And yet, when I had that experience, I realized I was lost because I then felt found. So what do these two verses, just two verses in Luke's gospel, this brief story, teach us? Well, first of all, it teaches us that you are his priority. You are of infinite value, infinite value to God. And we've all experienced loss to varying degrees. Loss of a relationship, job loss, loss of an opportunity or a dream. And we all know what it's like to lose those mundane things in life, don't we? Maybe even today you've lost your keys this morning, or you've lost your phone. I mean, that sends us into like heart palpitations, doesn't it? You lose your phone and you start to panic because sort of everything of your life is on your phone. I mean, you can even pay for stuff with your phones. I don't, I don't actually know how to do that. But um, you, I hear some people can pay for things with their phone. So why was this woman in the story so determined to find a coin? Well, the woman's lost coin was worth more than um, more than 50p. And uh, it was probably worth about a day's wages. And perhaps you're a student. Maybe you um, are out of work at the moment, or maybe you earn a lot of money. The truth is, nobody likes to lose money, however much money you've got, whatever your situation. And this woman, she was no exception. So she does something about it. And she could have thought, you know, that's annoying. I've lost a coin. I've got nine others. I won't worry about it. But she doesn't. She takes action. She doesn't just think, oh, I'll find it later. She takes action now. And my observation is that people look for things in um, different ways. For example, if somebody in my family is trying to find something, say they're looking for a coat, they'll open the cupboard, they'll look at it, and they'll say, I can't find their coat, my coat. And then they'll call me, and they'll say, Mum, I'll open it. I might move one or two things, and then I will find their coat. And they say, that's because you've got Mum powers. I'm like, no, it's because I've got eyes and arms, that's what I'm doing. And um, I know that you know, it takes a little bit of energy, a little bit of effort. And um, I, think, I feel like I'm in the minority um, as the only female in an all-male household. And as such, I did find this drawing in the book, Why Men Don't Listen and Women Can't Read Maps, um, quite, quite amusing. And uh, there's the drawing here. Now, for the, if you can't quite see it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a man. It, so it is a man standing at a fridge door, and he's saying, um, You've hidden the butter from me again, Cheryl. There's none in the fridge. And the fridge is full of things labeled butter. And uh, so I, I often do find that is quite the case with men. Please don't email me now. It's a tongue-in-cheek joke. And, 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 and also the book. I, I wouldn't, it's, it's fun, lighthearted, massive generalizations, I know. But it did make me chuckle in a lot of ways because I... I do confess that I'm, I struggle to read maps um, as at too, but I know that I'm not the only woman. Anyway, please don't bother emailing me. It's just a lighthearted thing. But anyway, the woman in the story, she also appears to have these mum powers, and she carefully goes through her entire house searching for the coin until it is found. You are Jesus' priority. You are his priority. And in this story, Jesus is depicted he's depicting God as the woman. Now, culturally, this was a massive thing. This was a shocking thing to be telling the religious leaders of the day, that God is a woman. Doing this, he was saying that women who were treated as second-class citizens, um, he's, he's depicting himself as God, and he was affirming women and their intrinsic value. God will go to any length to search you out and find you. He sees you. He knows where you are. He knows what's going on in the depths of your hearts. He knows the things that you're thinking about. He knows what keeps you awake at night. He knows all the details of your lives. It says in Isaiah 59 verse 1, his arm is not too short to save. It's not mum powers, but Paul says in Romans 1:16, it's the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. So first in this story we see that Jesus, your Jesus' priority. The second thing we see is that you can know him personally. It would have come at a great personal cost for this woman to find the lost coin. Because the coin was about a day's wages, it was valued at about a day's wages. And she could have spent the same amount of energy that she used looking for the coin to earn another one. But she doesn't. The only thing about this coin was that it was lost. So she goes searching for it. Now that time, um, at the northern end of the Sea of Galilee, the houses were made of a stone called basalt. And the walls and the ceilings would have been quite dark, and uh, houses either had no windows, or the windows were a little bit like slits, small slits, so it's quite hard to see. So the woman lights a lamp to help her find the coin. Now, as you know, we are in energy crisis, and so maybe we know a little bit of what it's like of when you choose to use your electricity or your heating or not. You could be quite picky about it because you know bills are expensive at the moment. She would have normally saved her oil for a night time, but she chooses to spend it in the daytime on finding this lost coin. And the oil in the story represents Jesus. Because in the Gospel of John, he says, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Without Jesus, we are all lost. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But this story of hope is that God has sent his son to find us and rescue us. Luke 19 says to find and restore the lost in the message translation. And it's a free gift. It's a free gift to us. But it came at a great personal cost to Jesus. On the cross, he chose to spend himself so that we might be found. But not just us, but everyone, everyone who believes. I came across this website called humansforsale.com. Now, you simply fill in this online form, and it tells you how much you're worth. And there are four main factors. Uh, The first one was physical factors, so you put in your age, your hair color, eye color, height, weight, that kind of thing. The second was mental factors, your education, your IQ. The third one was lifestyle factors, where you live, whether you exercise, how often you watch TV, that kind of thing. And the fourth was personality factors, like how you would rate your sense of style, artistic ability, your sense of humor. Poor, below average, average, above average, or excellent. I filled it in. I hit the submit button, which then told me I was worth 1,440,250 pounds, And 50 pence of course (laughs) and I felt quite chuffed with that I'll be honest until I scrolled down and I saw what everybody else said what their value was so I just thought it's a ridiculous a stupid stupid little uh, you know game anyway it doesn't mean anything what a load of rubbish so I decided that was a ridiculous survey but the point is your worth isn't based on what you look like it's not based on your level of education or what you've achieved The value of something is determined by the price someone is willing to pay for it. And Jesus paid the ultimate, ultimate price. He gave his life for you and for me. So you are his priority. You're of infinite value to God. You can know him personally because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And finally, you're invited to the party When the woman in the story finds the coin, she calls her friends and her neighbors. If she had a phone, she'd be on Snapchat, she'd be on Facebook, she'd be on Instagram, she'd be messaging saying, come on everyone, come on over. She throws a party, the cost of which was probably more than the value of the nine coins she already had. Some might say that was reckless. And she says, celebrate with me, I found my lost coin. Jesus is making the point everyone is welcome everyone is invited to hang out with him to know him to be in a relationship with him every time a lost person gets found all of heaven celebrates when I was about 10 years old my family and I went on holiday to Wales and we went for this walk as we often did and uh it was one of those walks that had different circuits. And it, was, it had po- a post, and the marking on the post depicted which route you should take around this woods in Wales. And so we decided on a post, we decided on a route, and we all went off together. Now, my older brother and I, I we ran ahead. I think we were probably being a bit annoying, to be honest with us. We were about age 10 and 11, and my dad said, yeah, go on, we'll go and just scout out the route, which was code for just take your energy off a little bit further away. So we ran off. After a little while, we realized that they weren't anywhere to be found behind us. And so we started looking back. We waited for a little bit. We waited for quite a long time, and still they didn't come and then we started to retrace our steps, and we walked backwards for a bit. And then, and then we thought, well, maybe they went another way. So we kind of walked up and down this long path. And it was around about that point when it started to get dark, and it started to rain, and as it started to rain, we started to panic. You know when you feel colder and, you're, and it's darker? And I remember running down this path, back and forwards, and so much so that the um, trainer, my trainer, got stuck in the mud. So as I was running, I had to like, hop back through to kind of pick it up to carry on walking again. And we started getting worried, thinking, goodness, quite a lot of time has passed and we still can't find them. We can't see them anywhere. And then I said to my brother, why don't we listen Let's listen for the road. If we can hear the road, then maybe we can sort of find our way back to the car park. Because if we find our way back to the car park, we can wait for them there. So as we were about to do that, suddenly we heard this thumping noise. And it was it was my dad. And he had been running round and round the woods trying to find us he was drenched he was drenched in sweat in rain he was absolutely exhausted when he realized that we were on a different path he'd been running from all the paths around the woodlands until he found us and when he found us I remember he dropped down on his knees in the mud and he just held us and after a little while I just said can we go now we were really cold and wet and we were filthy and dirty. And he just said, just wait. Let me just hold you. Let me just hold you. Now our Father in heaven, he's like that, but far, far greater. And maybe you feel A little bit like that maybe you feel a bit lost today maybe you feel a bit dirty even like us we would taken the wrong path we'd wandered off we've got dirty in our search of trying to find our way back and maybe you feel a bit like that deep down perhaps even you present pretty well here at church this morning but deep in your heart you feel a bit lost maybe you feel a bit dirty a bit ashamed I don't know but God is a loving father he's a loving father And he never gives up looking for you and you might have been a Christian a long time but deep in your heart you still feel like you've wandered off and maybe this morning he's just wanting to say to you I know where you are and I'm reaching out to you I'm running for you today because he's the father who never gives up looking for you until you are found and you can choose whether to be found or not you can choose and do you know do you know this love I wonder today do you know this love not just in your head but in your heart why don't we stand and the band are going to sing and I just want to encourage you in this moment as we sing this song just to come and connect with God and just to respond and then we're going to pray